Okie dokie, a good nerve Shabbos. So today's daf is daf kofvav, page 106 in the Heilig Meseches Ksubas, and we are at the two dots, four lines from the top of the Amud, and we continue just for a little bit longer to go through the problem that comes along with accepting bribes. We're in the middle of an incredible story. And the story is not yet done. And what happened? Let's remind ourselves. There was, a, um, there was somebody who brought Rev Anun a basket full of fish. And Rev Anun, who was the big posake of the time, said, well, if you're here for judgment, I'm not able to judge you because now you did me a favor. So the guy says, fine. He says to Rav Anun, okay, don't judge me, but at least accept the basket because it's like bringing Bikurim. The same way there's a mitzvah to bring Bikurim to Kohen of the Beis Hamikdash, there's a mitzvah to take care of a Talmud Chacham. I want to give the Talmud Chacham a present. Okay, so Rav Anun says, listen, if that's the case, I wasn't going to take the, the present, but if I'm doing you a favor by taking it, I'm happy to do so. Okay, and um, Rav Anun, being that he wasn't able to judge him, sent him to Rav Nachman, and Rav, what happened was, Rav Nachman, seeing that Rav Anun sent this guy, thought that this guy was a relative, and therefore gave this fellow preferential treatment. He moved the timeline of the court case upwards. He was supposed to have a 12 p.m. court case, we'll call it. He moved him up to 9 a.m. And when the other litigant coming against this guy uh, saw that, that, uh, the, that Rav Nachman <clears throat> was giving honor to the guy who brought the fish, thinking, again, he only thought that because he thought they were related, so he was intimidated, and he couldn't get anything to come out of his mouth, and ultimately he lost. You see from here, we're not done the story yet, but so far you see, even when somebody didn't even accept a bribe, because it wasn't a bribe, he wasn't the judge, but still something down the road came about, you see how far gifts and, and a bribery when it comes to Dayanim, how careful, really, really careful, you need to be, because otherwise everything goes out of whack. It really creates an unfair and, um, and a perversion of proper justice. And now we're at the two lines, four lines to the top. Here we go. Rav Anon usually had a chavrusashaft. He usually learned with Elio Anovi. And Elio Anovi would teach him the Seder Elio. Seder Elio is called Tonadav Elio. It's a group of brises that were compiled, put together of stories and situations, halachas, that people learn directly from Elio Anavi. Kivan Dabar Hachi, when Rav Anon sent this guy to Rabbi Nachman, and ultimately it came out an unfair and perverted situation, Estalak Elio Anavi no longer came to him, which is amazing. Elio Anavi only comes to people who have perfection in their Benadam Lechaveru. Yosef Betanisu by Rachmanis, Rav Anon started to fast, and he davened for Rachmanis. He says, Elio, I need you to come, I need my Chavrusa back. Yosef Elio came, and when he came back, he scared Rav Anon. Rav Anon couldn't handle what Elio Navi looked like. The Avad Tivusei, the Yosef Kamei. So Rav Anon made a box and sat in it. This way he wouldn't have to see Elio Anovi. It was too painful for him to see Elio Anovi. He wasn't on the proper Madrega. The Yosef Kamei he sat in front of him, Adapikle Sidre, until Elio Anovi taught him the whole Seder, everything that he needed to learn in Tonadav Elio. Finally, Damri, and that's why people say, Seder Elio Rabba, Seder Elio Zuta. 
there are certain things that he learned before Elio Hanavi left and certain things that he learned after Elio Hanavi came back. That's the end of the story. All right? So ultimately, Rav Anans will call it spirituality. And his ability to learn Torah from Elio Hanavi was impacted by this small shem, that's the small little bit of the lack of Benadam Lechavero by sending the guy to Rav Nachman and ultimately having the litigant of the other guy in front of Rav Nachman being scared. All right. Another story. Bishnei Rav Yosef Havi Rizcha Amidei Rabbarda Rav Yosef By Rav Yosef there was anger from the Rabbarda Shailam. What does it mean there was anger? The, the, the heavens withheld the rain. And there was a drought and famine in the land. <coughs> so Rabbana said to Rabbi Yosef, Liboy Marach, may daven for us. Amar Lui said, Hashto ma'alisha dechiyavei Rabbana mifter kamei when Elisha, when the Rabbana would leave in front of him, have a faishi tray alfin omosan Rabbanan, even after the, the, the crowd left, he would still have 2,200 Talmidim remaining behind. Be'idna derishcha le'avei boi rachmei and Rabbana Shalom wouldn't answer his tefillahs when he was upset. Aniyah boi rachmei, you want me to daven? I'm not as great as Elisha, and even by him he wasn't answering. What, what am I going to help? Says the Gemara, How do you know that this was true by Elisha when he davened? Because it says in the Pasuk, and his attendant, his helper said, What are you putting this down in front of a hundred men? Why am I putting this down in front of a hundred people? Okay, now Elisha asked, um, asked his helper to serve food to his Talmidim. And the, the helper basically said to Elisha, there's not enough food here to feed the crowd. What does mean in front of 100 men? If, you want, if he's saying that there were 22 foods and each food was supposed to be enough for 100 men, I don't understand. I thought there was a famine. There was barely any food. Rather, um, he, uh, he only had enough for each one of these 22 portions to put in front of a hundred uh, and put in front of a hundred men. Meaning, every 22 uh, portions that he had ultimately ended up uh, needing to be enough to feed a hundred people. So everyone got almost, we'll call it a fifth of a portion. When uh, even after most of the Shia left, there were still 2,200 Tamidim left. Mibe Ravuna, and when they would leave the yeshiva of Ravuna, Havafaishi Tamni Rabbanon, there would be 800 Tamidim. These are expressions of how large their yeshivas were. That even what was considered an empty base medrash by Elisha, 2,200 students are still there. What's considered an empty base medrash by Ravuna, 800 students are still there. Ravuna have a darish betleisar amuroi. When Ravuna were darshan, there would be 13 people telling over his Tyra. 13 people telling over his Tyra. Okay? What that means is the crowds were so large that he would teach Tyra, and then each one of them had to, they had to split everybody up into 13 groups, and they would shout in all directions the Tyra that Ravuna just shared. When they would get up from the yeshiva of Ravuna, and they would, uh, they would um, uh, clean off their glimus, their jackets. So have a solik avka, have a solik. It would go up avka avak dust. The chasileliuma and cover the day, cover up the sun. There was so much dust when they backed up their chairs and picked up their jackets that went up. That uh, it looked like there was a cloudy sky. 
Rami ben Marava, they would say in, in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, yeah, they were able to see in Eretz Yisrael when Shir was over, when the class was over in Bavo, from the, the uh, plume of dust that would arise from the, uh, from the Shir of Rav Huna in Bavo. Okay. Says the Gemara Viter, when the Talmudim would get up from the Shiurim of Rabba and Rabbi Yosef, there would be 400 um, Talmudim that were still there, and they called themselves orphans at that time. Yeah? What does it mean, orphans? What it means is, it, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, only 400 uh, Talmudim here. Some say it was Ravashi Shir, have a Paishi Mosin Rabbanam. There were Masayan, 200. The Karnav Shayo, Yasme de Yasme. And they called themselves orphans of orphans because they, were, they had even less of a crowd left behind than uh, what uh, existed by Rabbah and Rabbi Yasef. It's just incredible if you just try to picture the scene. You know, Elisha uh, 2200, even down to 200 Talmidim. When Shear's over, there's only 200 Talmidim. Imagine what that means at the time of the class, how many Talmidim are sitting and learning Torah together. It's mamish incredible. It's incredible, you know, to us, like, like watching or attending a Siyam Hashas with uh, 90,000 other, uh, you know, other Yidin, men, women, children, it's, it's a sight that is so moving and, and so, such a special thing to be part of. Imagine like studying Torah like that on a daily basis in your yeshiva. There's just tens of thousands, tens of thousands of Talmidim just involved and sitting and learning. There, there's, yeah, Robert's saying that, that, that without microphones, right? There's no microphones there. And, it's, and everybody's there just, they're coming to hear, they're coming to learn, they're coming to steig. It's such a, an incredible thing that if, if you put it in perspective today, you could say that the, the amount of influence that people used to be able to have is prob, it, on the masses is not as great as we can have today. Today you have people on, uh, on social media, they have millions of followers. But there's nobody together. There's nobody together. It's everybody's a follower in their own way, doing their own thing, like looking to this one person. When you have a chevra, when you have a group, when you're steiging together, you're growing, you're coming together biyachad in a, in a shir, it's, it's, it's just the, the experience of being part of that is so, it's such a special thing that when you lost those masses, the, the remaining students, 200, 400, they were orphaned. They were orphaned. They said, we don't have our chavr anymore. We don't, we don't have those people who are with us in Steiging before. You see the importance of, of coming together and, 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 and being together, you know, um, as, a, as, as a chavr, Steiging, growing. Okay. Amar of Yisrael Baradifa, Amar of Ami. Yisrael Baradifa says, Amar of Ami. Those who would check the blemishes in Yerushalayim have a nightlunschara They would get paid from the truma saliska, which would be filled up by the machtzis hashekel. They have shkolim every year. Also, the tamei that were brought in 
to teach the halachas of shechita to the kahanim. That's how they got paid. Whoever taught them how to do the kamitsa, the three fingerfuls of flour, also they were paid with the half shkolen. Those who would fix up the svarim of Yerushalayim to make sure that there weren't any mistakes and, uh, and therefore any inner, you know, uh, wrong Torah that's being learned. Also, they would also get paid by the half shkolem of the Chumas Halishka. The women who would sew the curtains for the Parechas. They wouldn't take the half shekel from the treasury. They would get paid from the Bethekabayas, which is the general upkeep of the Asuris, Because the curtains are considered part of part and parcel of the building. So that's the Bethekabayas, the upkeep of the home, of the Besamikdash. So, okay. Those who sewed the curtains, machlaikas. Either the Chumas Alishka or from the funds of the Badikabais. Now, Mesri, that's a challenging question. And the family of Garmu, who they were the experts in making the Lechem upon him, right? We learned the story elsewhere. We'll get back into that as well. This family of Garmu. Would refuse to teach others how to make the lechem upon him. There was a specific approach and style that it had to be made with to ensure that it wouldn't spoil. Only the family of Avtinas knew how to do the kateris in such a way where the not only was the smell perfect, but the smoke would uh, would go up in a in a in a uniquely perfect column. They would all take from the Chumas Lishka. So you see that it was the Chumas Lishka, the half shekel that, uh, that supported. Okay? So why did Rav Nachman say that they got paid from the Bethlehem Kabayas? So Gemara says, They was talking the curtains that are at the Bavi, the, the outside, referring to the entrance of um, the Beis Hamikdash. What does that mean? The Omar of Zerah Amarav. There were thirteen curtains in the second base. Seven curtains were for the seven gates. One for the opening of the hechel. One for the opening of the to the large ulam, the large hall. Two of them were on the uh, on the inside. This is referring to the separation between the kodesh and the kodesh hakadoshim and shnayim connected baaliyah. And then there were two connected on baaliyah that were higher up above. The Kaidesh Hakadoshim. Okay, so we had a challenging question. Reb Nachman, how can you say it's the upkeep of the Besamikdash when we said that it's the uh, Bedeka bias? The answer is it depends which curtains. There's different curtains. If you sewed the curtains on the outside, that was done with the Bedeka bias. The curtains on the inside, those who sewed them, they were paid from the Chuma Salishka, from the half Shkala. Tonu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Noshmab Gadis Benayim Lepar. The women who would raise their children to be fit to work with the Paraduma, these children had to be perfectly pure. It was so rare to have a Paraduma, we had to make sure this never got ruined. We need the ashes to be metaher to purify anybody who ever became impure through Tomei Mace. So, what would they do? 
these women would get paid from the truma salishka. Right? That's how that's how we would pay them. Now, that it wasn't the the truma salishka, but the wealthy women would take care of them. The wealthy women would take care of these uh, would take care of um, these other women. Bomini Ravuna uh, Ravuna asked a Shaila searching for information, may Rav from Rav. We now turn to the top of Kufvav Amud Beis. Klisharis, the vessels that were used in the base of Mikdash, what is the halacha? Do we use, uh, do we purchase them and make them from the, the money that was there for the general upkeep of the base of Mikdash? Now, what's the Shaila? Why, why wouldn't it be from the Bethlehem Kabayas for the regular upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash? Tzarech Mezbeach Do we say that it's considered a general need of the Mezbeach functioning? You got to have the, the holy vessels. So also. So that's part of the upkeep of the Beis HaMikdash. Or do we consider them necessary for the sacrifice? Right? It was needed to catch the blood and other parts of the process. And therefore it's used from the half shekel Anything that was part of a carbon was used, we used the half shkalim for. Anything that's used for general upkeep is the Bethlehem bias. So we want to know which funds were used to purchase the klisharis. Omar lei, ein nasin ela mitrumas halishka. The half shkalim. Meaning, it's part of the carbon process. Eisvei, they ask a challenging question. And when they were done, they brought it to the. They brought it in front of the king. The yada and yada, the leftover silver, and they took this over and made it into vessels. The base Hashem clay sharis. Hashem the gaimer clay sharis. Now what are we talking over here? They renovated the base Hamikdash. They had extra silver. They took the silver and they used it for the kalim. So we see it's part of the general Beis HaMikdash expense. If you're using the same funds that were used to fix the Beis HaMikdash, if you're using those, that money for the vessels, it must be the vessels is part of the general upkeep. Amar he says, no, the akarya ksuve akarya neviye. Which is an expression of, you're not reading this pasuk correctly. Meaning, keep reading. They didn't make sipais. They didn't make special um, instruments from the silver. Because it was given to the Isay Hamalacha, those who were uh, responsible for the general upkeep of the Beis Hamikdash. So what you see is this money ultimately was not used for for uh, general klishares. It was used for wages for those who fixed the Beis Hamikdash. Says Gemara, one second. But wh- what did we say in the beginning? We said. Um, it says they made vessels And now you're, you have a different post It says otherwise it says, Okay so we have a contradiction These verses contradict each other Was it used for the kalim or not It depends Meaning If after having enough funds for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash, there's extra money. That extra money is permitted to be used for klisharis. But when there's no money that's extra for the klisharis, so, uh, I'm sorry, when there's no, yeah, there's no extra money, so then all the money that the Kabayas has to be used strictly for 
the Bedekah After they, if they have extra money, so what? The bottom line is, it's for the Bedekah bias. So why am I allowed to use it for the Klisharis? If a Klisharis is not part of the Bedekah bias, it's a different fund. You have a checking account. You have a savings account. You have a CD account. You might have five different checking accounts. One for your monthly budget. One uh, to put away uh, for a rainy day. Just because you have extra money, the Bedekah bias means you could use it for a Klisharis if there's extra funds. It's a different account. Amar Lev Bezdin Masne Alehem that it's in the heart, meaning the knowledge of Bezdin, that there's a Tanai im Hutzuchu, Hutzuchu, Vimlav, Yuliklisharis. That the reason why they were permitted to use the extra funds of the Bedekabayas for the for the Klisharis is because when it was originally set aside for the Bedekabayas, there was a stipulation insert, inserted there that if there's extra if there's ever extra funds, those extra funds do not need to be kept for the Bedekabayas. It may also be used as a Kli Sharis. Okay. Clear? Yeah, any questions? So that, I mean, that's ba- basically, we thought, and the answer is, it's actually correct. Monies that are raised and set aside for specific uh, uses of Bethagabayas, Klisharis, Hectish, whatever, it, it could only be used in that way, unless there's a pre-prepared condition in place. Okay. Tondabayar Bishmo. We learned in the yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel, Klisharis bought in Mitzuma Salishka. The Klisharis are created and purchased from the Truma Salishka, referring to the half shkolem Shinamar, as it says in the pasuk, Ashara Kasef, the leftover money. Ezu Kasef What's considered leftover money? This is referring to Truma Salishka. Gufayu. Maybe it's referring to leftover money itself. Says he wants So to hakesef, the money means the first money and not the extra money. Says the Gemara Meisvei. They asked a challenging question. The creation of the kataires, the incense, and all the karbanis tibor bought in mitzuma salishka. They're all purchased with the half shkalim. From the Truma Salishka, Mizbeach Azov, the golden Mizbeach, Ulevaina, and the Levaina, the frankincense, Uklisharis, and the Klisharis, Boen Mimaisar Nesachim. That is used from the Maisar Nesachim, the extra of the pourings, which means the extra, whatever, after they separated the Kamitsa, there was extra flour, they would take that flour and that extra flour was sold to be used for things, and that was called the extra of, of uh, the Nesachim. Mizbeach ha'ila lishkas v'azares. Mizbeach of the ayla, the lishkas, the rooms, v'azares, the courtyards. That's supported by the Bedekabayas. They had a budget, they had a budgetary committee, basically. Chutz l'chaymas azara, except for outside the azara, button mishiari ha'lishkas. That was used for, from any extra money that was left over um, from the half shkalim. Says the Gemara, bottom line is, Zuhi Sheshaninu, this is what we mean when we learned, Chaimasair, the walls of a city, Umigdalaiseha, and the towers, so those that protect the city, right? The walls, the towers, and anything that's needed inside of a city, those can all be used from the leftover. Of the half shekel. But Lamaisa practically, the reason why we're quoting this Brisa is we have an Aesir. We have a challenging question. What's the challenging question? The clay sharis. 
were, did they come from the Trumas Halishka? Or did they come from the extra Nesachim? It's a contradiction. Here we see it comes from extra Nesachim. So the Gemara says, alright, it's not a contradiction. You know why? Two different opinions, that's it. Tanoi, it's a machlaikas, machlaikas amongst the Tanoim. The Tanah we learned in the Mishnah, Maiser Truma, the extra of uh, Truma, over here it's not talking about Truma given to Kayin, it means the extra that was separated, because they would take the half shekels out, if they have any extra money, what do they do with it? Mayu Aysimba, what they do? Rikuei Zav, they would make sheets of gold, tzipoi, that would coat the base Kaydish HaKadoshim, the, the outside of the Holy of Holies. But Rabbi Shmuel says, no, Maiser Peres, any extra that comes from uh, Peres, okay, um, Lost the place, I'm sorry. The Ketz HaMizbeach. That's used for the Ketz, for the end usage of the Mizbeach. Baiser Chuma, the extra Chuma, the Klishars. Use the Klishars. Now what this means over here is as follows. The Beis HaMikdash was kind of like its own city. In that, if we ever needed to come to the Beis HaMikdash, you ever go somewhere and you ever go camping or somewhere out and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot my screwdriver. Ayyveyizmir. Uh, I should have brought my hand, and there's nothing there, right? A guy shows up at the base to make a spring of carbon. It's his first time. He's going to forget things. So they had a little bit of like a canteen, we'll call it. A little bit of a store in the base Hamikdash that, you know, people didn't bring enough of something, or they were short on this, and they needed a little more oil for their mincha, a little more flour, a little more wine. They had a stand, a little uh, base Hamikdash store set up to sell it to them. So anything that was left over that was not sold to people for their carbonis, so they would sell those extras before it's boiled, but there was an element of sanctity to it, so that it would be used, the mezbeach was never meant to be empty. So any extra things that needed to be brought on the mezbeach, they would use those funds just to keep things in waiting to, to make sure the mezbeach was in use. Because it was really, it's, uh, imagine the Beis Hamikdash with nothing on it, on the mezbeach, doesn't look good. The Vesamita should always be active. Always be something being created and something. So they would bring constant sacrifices, even if nobody, particularly in that moment, needed one. And those were purchased with the Meiser pairs. Rabbi Kiva says, Meiser Trumas Lakates Amazbeach, Meiser Nasachim Lakleshars. No, Meiser Nasachim Lakates Amazbeach, Meiser Truma Lakleshars. The extra of what was separated from the half shkalim is used for Lakleshars. So we have a number of different opinions. Everybody, the, everybody meaning the, the later opinions, do not agree of the, to the extra Paris. Paris Mahi, what is the case of the Paris that we're talking about over here? What are we referring to? So the Gemara says that, um, the Gemara says, the Tanya, Maisar Truma, the extra uh, money that was separated from the Truma Salishka. What would they do with it? They would buy fruit at a, at a good price. And they would sell them at a higher price for more expensive. And the gain, the reward of it, the profit of it, they would keep the Mizbeach going, uh, going with it, keep constant sacrifices. And that's what we mean, that the extra fruits were used. Okay. Beautiful, okay, so another beautiful idea, by the way, and that is, we're not supposed to remain empty, we're not supposed to remain stagnant, the, person, the base mix says, if you say no, give the, give the mezbeach a few minutes to rest, 
The last carbon of the day was just brought. It's 10 o'clock at night. We're, go, we're now we got it. Keep it going. Keep the Mizbeach going. We're in this world to produce. Says the Gemara. What do you mean that the other Tanayim do not agree about the about the pay raise, about what, what used extra money for? The time we learned in the Mishnah, the extra money that was that remained after separate, after taking out the half shkalim. What do you do with that money? They would purchase with them wine, oil, and and fine flour, silas, and any gain they would sell that, buy it at a good price, buy low, sell high, and the gains would go lahektish. It would it would be kaidish. It would be hektish. Is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel? Rabbi Rabbi says no. Ain mishtakrim bishel hektish af loy bishel aniyim. We're not going to create any sort of of a reward, any sort of profits from hektish af loy bishel aniyim. Nor do we do that bishel aniyim, which is a fascinating idea. Which is that if somebody donates money to a tzedakah fund, that tzedakah fund is supposed to go and disperse the money, as opposed to putting it into some sort of um, investment that they think will make money over time. It's meant to be uh, spread out. It's not meant to do business with. It's meant to be handed out. Says the Gemara, B'Shal Hektish, my time of life. Why? Um, why do we say, Ein Mishtakram B'Shal Hektish? You shouldn't make profit off of Hektish. Ein Aniyas Makam Ashiris. Because there's no Aniyas in the place of Ashiris. Meaning, it doesn't look good for the Beis HaMikdash to have to do business. The Beis HaMikdash is retired. The Beis HaMikdash is retired. Nobody should be approaching the Beis HaMikdash like this is a business deal. When you come to the Beis HaMikdash, it's me and the Rabbani Shleilam, and that's it. Why can't I make an investment with, a prop, with a funds that are set aside for Aniyam? Because they might come across a poor person. And they're going to say, you know, the poor person is going to say, I need a thousand dollars. You say, I'm sorry, it's locked up in an investment. So we could start paying out in four years. Sadaka funds are meant to be handed out. It's not, it's, it's not meant for down the road. It's meant for now. Okay, we'll hold it here. We're two lines to the bottom. at the two dots. Besham tomorrow. We will pick up from the bottom line of Mishalach Hamdina Sayom. We will pick up again Fridays. We are at back to a 9.30 a.m. start time. Same as Sunday nowadays. So uh, 9.30 a.m. Am I correct? I think Fridays were 9.30. I think that's what we uh, we switched to. All right, good. So uh, tomorrow morning, Arab Shabbos. We'll see everybody at, uh, we'll see everybody in the morning at 9.30.